Hey, you're listening to TBB Talks, the podcast hosted by the British Blacklist, where we bring you conversations with creative black folk from the UK and wider diaspora. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends across screen, stage, literature, and sound. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the careers they chose, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Hi, sis. the same. Hey, yeah, who, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get better. Who, yeah. Yeah. Mum is cussing me. Um, Everyone cusses us, innit? Literally, are you fluent in truth? No. Are you from, are you a shanty? I'm a shanty. Are you shanty? Yes, yes. Yeah. My tree is small. Kitwa. I can understand a bit. Kitwa, exactly. Can you understand it? I can understand it more than I can speak it. Yeah, same. Um, which is the problem of being this generation of Ghanaians in the UK. I know. That is so true. Hold on. Were you taught and you couldn't hear it? Or were, is it just something that wasn't... Did mum and dad not speak tree at home? Oh, you know what it is? When my dad was at home, they spoke tree a lot. And mm-hmm. so you pick it up by hearing and conversation. But I think my mum says when she came here, then her um, health visitor told her not to speak it because it would confuse the children. So she tried to push the English more, which is really bizarre, right? So bizarre. So I think she, she had that at the back of her head, but my dad and her would speak a lot of tree. My dad would speak a lot of tree at home. So I understood quite a bit, but then, it's just getting the the mouth to to connect, right? Crazy. I don't know if my mum ever had those stories, but I definitely think there was an element of like, look, you'd be better off speaking English. And I spoke really, really posh when I was little. Like I was <laughs> And I think they got a kick of like rolling me out. I do remember my mum and dad rolling me out. I remember my dad calling me to come to a phone and taking a <laughs> Oh, some long bill letter or something and saying go 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 read it read it read it read it and then when I finished reading he'd, he'd start kicking on the phone like yeah have you seen my daughter so, I think there was the element of that too as well you know for yeah. some of those that came this accent thing and yeah but they're kicking themselves now because fam when I go home my grand don't speak any English right <laughs> so, my mom, um, we're having this battle as well like my mom's like you should know and I'm like but mum you didn't tell me and now I'm old it's like it's harder to curve my lips around the words. However, exactly. going back to Ghana, mm-hmm. I, I think when I'm in there in, in that space for a while, it starts to come. That's think, right, because you yeah. have to communicate that way. But you know what? In fairness, though, there's a lot of apps and things to help us. So we just need to. Please, yeah. please don't shift the blame onto me. I like <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it too. I'm taking it too because it's terrible. Like when I went to Ghana earlier this year, well, no, last year. And just sitting with my gran and she's like, oh, yeah. And then she'll say to my, and I'm trying to speak to you, but she'll still ask my mum what I've said. And I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> she's like, what did she say? Like, I'm like, wow, my truth is bad. <laughs> and here we are, you're playing a yeah. cunning woman in quotes. Yeah. But at least you, I guess you get to speak in English in, in the long run. For me, what cemented something for me about this series was when in season one, actually, when I'm hearing you say something, you just broke into lingo into tree dialect and I was like I don't think I've ever heard tree dialect on screen in the UK or on screen and something that I would watch ever yeah outside of obviously a Ghanaian or Nollywood film Mm -hmm. um so that was something significant for me so how did it feel for you actually because I don't think we even spoke from 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 when you got the role no we haven't yeah how did it feel for you playing this role and the significance of representing African culture on screen 
oh it's awesome actually it's absolutely awesome because like you say mainstream here there isn't there hasn't been anything like it mm. and um and that is what our parents were like that's why we know the tree we do because there were just standard phrases that would just get broken and the things that just get thrown into yeah. languages and you know what it's like when the aunties get together <laughs> you know they this they break in between english and and tree so that for me was quite great to be able to and and what was great about the process is that because agnes who's based on idris's mom auntie eve is both sierra leonean and Ghanaian, it was nice to be able to play with the fact that those are the two cultures that she brings so with yeah. Walter she'll throw in some Creole and and with Valentine she'll throw in some Creole and then with Kobna she'll be speaking tree because she's trying to continue to give him all of the flavors mm -hmm. and sometimes she'll be cussing in tree because she just <laughs> wants to cuss in tree yeah, you know yeah. like which is was just great and it's just like that representation we don't see it on tv mm -hmm. and and what I love about it is it's celebrated it's not marveled at or joked at it's just part of life this is a west african family in east london mm. in the 80s proud of their culture and also proud of the community that they're part of and obviously working with um fellow africans like jimmy's nigerian and idris is again as you say half Ghanaian, half cerulean and i think ellen thomas is in this season as well yeah. so we, She's Sierra Leonean. Sierra Leonean. Yeah, so it's just it's just very interesting how this has all come together. So in in conversations with relaying the culturalisms to the cast and the wider cast and crew, obviously you've got Bill Bailey and the like in the, involved in this as well. How has it been trying to establish the accuracies to a wider a wider cast and crew that might not understand everything, the intricacies of our culture? You know what is which is awesome and I've loved the process. So we do our table reads and things and things would go backwards and forwards between the writers and us and kind of going, could we insert some language here? And I just remember being on set and at days we go I think I oh, might she might throw in a cuss here or she might um have a little side comment to Valley here and it's amazing because we had um a producer called Dennis Jamfi who was also on set who would give the tree and be like, wait, no, tweak it like this. Mm. And then we also had Sammy Kamara's mom, Auntie Fatima, who's Creole. And so I'd say, Auntie, how do I say this in um, Creole? I just want to throw it in. And then, and they weren't precious about things like that in terms of it, if it heightened or added to the reality of what would happen. Because I think in season two, Agnes tells Valley off for being a bit of a, uh, a punk getting tricked by getting the car and then she just switches in the creole and she switches in the english and i i was able to do that because we had people on set too to help kind of make sure it was right you know and that and that's quite significant because of the current time the current climate that we're in where we're having this you know black lives matter yes and the industry at large especially in the uk is being called out for not allowing authentic stories to be told and being made by us for us yes and this Thing where if you're going to tell a story about a certain culture that you're not a part of put down your arrogance and privilege and bring people in bring people in so how has this differed from any other project you've been on and do you feel like changes changes on the horizon or is happening i think greens or sprout production sky are leading the way in that because it has been that process even me i'm Ghanaian descent but i have to put my hands up and say look this might not be right. So let me go to like the authentic source. So, you know, calling my mum on set, I have to be truthful to the piece and the culture, even though 
that is my culture I can only go so far because do you know what I mean we're born here mm-hmm. and I felt like we you know Green Door has set up lots of incentives in terms of getting diversifying back and front of screen so you've got um, Ian Ire who does two episodes in season three young black director who directed two episodes and Kelvin was our DOP on season and females and even hair to the stage that Maxine Dallas who joined the team came on board and was just like Mads what do you need for your hair what care do you need and Tina who was my lady brought in bare palettes I've been on set you come on and there's this one color and it's like that is not my color so you get to the stage where you don't go on set without bringing your own makeup because mm. especially my complexion is black people's complexion we're so yeah. diverse yeah. some are more yellow some are more blue so she brought in a few said I've got these colors that I'd like you to try we'll see which is closer to your tone she's given me a new foundation I never even knew about do you know what I mean like that that she, kind of left she's a white makeup artist she's a white makeup artist but she spoke do you know what I mean and, and yeah. I don't mind if you can like you said put everything down and let's meet and Maxine brought on Comanza and um, Jojo Williams who are very Comanza works with Stevie Wonder Jojo works with Idris a lot and took stuff on like she opened it up to make it as authentic for all of us so when we're stepping on set we're not thinking about hair we know that yeah. we look boom you know our makeup looks boom I mean I had to deal with blue eyeshadow that was my thing because you know 80s <laughs> that was an 80s thing so that's an, 80s, that's an 80s thing but you know what I mean those kind of things and and when we did food getting caterers to come and bring proper food jollof and stuff and if it wasn't right being open to that I remember one time we brought some chicken I was like oh this chicken looks a bit undercooked the guy's blow torched it get you know what I mean just those kind of effort to yeah. make that authentic because you know what it's like when you're watching something and you pan across and you say that don't look right it yeah. just lets you out yeah and the costume they didn't you know Amanda Monk who did our costumes she by season two and three she just bring costumes out and just be like this is you in it because she yeah. knew our characters and she took that time and detail when we had to wear in Tuma yeah print she went and got um auntie effie and shepherd's bush to come and make us do you know what i mean like yeah. there's a respect that went throughout the whole process that for me changes the game especially when you're doing other people's culture yeah. i'm so i'm so impressed by by hearing that because i was going to also say because this is a comedy and it is sitcom so there's also going to be some pushback i mean it's fair not everyone's going to like everything of course. in in that would they be comfortable if this was a drama or would it was all more like dark humour rather than this comfortable sitcom humour? Mm-hmm. And would they be as comfortable with this set up in that space? And I suppose one thing that, I mean, everything you said in regards to the environment on set and what the pains that are being taken to make sure this is as authentic as possible within the perimeters that you have, mm-hmm. that makes it, I think that makes that argument less robust I would say but then also do you have you had any qualms or any feedback where like well we don't really like it because it seems a little bit jokey too jokey for us I think you know I think you hit the nail on the head earlier though because it's something that won't always relate to everybody mm. you know what it's like what someone will love and they will say oh but what I what I'm getting most is people just are appreciative of different our stories being told and yeah. I remember that coat I remember that car and my mum used to do that and what you know just the relatability and and then the thing is 
beyond the fact that there's a West African family, there's the, the theme of family and community mm-hmm. um, that people relate to with the show and the music and the, the you know, we talk, we touch on racism, we touch on sex, we touch on lots of things. In season three, we go even further. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Delacroix family, the white family that are, the English family that are friends with us, there's so many things that make, are similarities that bring them together as friends and also differences that they have to respect on each other's differences. And I think that's what makes the show work because people can relate to all of the characters in some way. And that's what I'm getting a lot from. And I think the more and more people tune in, because that's the other thing, people not necessarily having access to it. And so they yeah. go, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Or they've seen clips. So as people start to watch it, the, 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 the love has been great. But I think we, it's just something to celebrate. We're going into season three. Oh, it's going to... Unprecedented. And, yeah. and it's, uh, it's celebrating African culture and celebrating the diversity of, you know, Great Britain in the 80s and, and the unpeaceiness of mm-hmm. that time. And, and, you know, and even in season three, you know, the Caribbean culture's getting a bit more... I was yeah, I was going to ask about that because I saw I have seen the first three, and yeah. I see that there's an area that's touched upon the tensions between African and Caribbean culture. Yeah. And I want I don't know if further through the series that's going to be explored some more because it's just interesting where we are now, where the younger generations they don't. I mean, I grew up eighties, nineties, where being African was a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Because Caribbean culture was a dominant culture. That's right. And generally. Mm-hmm. If you weren't Jamaican, <laughs> so that cancelled out Africans and anyone from a smaller island. If you weren't Jamaican, you just weren't hitting it or cutting it. But whereas now, it's like now Caribbean generations are kind of like, whoa, I've got to be more African or everything's blending a bit better. Yeah, and appreciating of each other's culture. Did you exactly. see the two presidents are making this, you know, pact between Ghana and Jamaica? That's, yeah. that's awesome. Huge. Awesome. And, you know, yeah. and our music... And everything has shifted, but I agree with you. In the 80s and 90s, there was a, a, a definite tension, and we touch on that. But I don't know, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but no, Valentine yeah. time takes us into an interesting, okay. you know, exploration of the two cultures kind of having to appreciate, because I, I had aunts that were West Indian, do you know what I mean? And, it, and they are still my aunts, and we love them. And... And it was just, it's interesting that it was so something in the 80s. And now we love, we're appreciating each other's culture and, and connecting with each other's culture. I, yeah, I think, I think that's happening. I, you know, I still see some tensions, especially of because of the dominance. When someone loses a bit of shift, the power shift comes in. There's always a bit of back and yeah, forth. Of so I have seen some tensions between the Afrobeats camps and the reggae camps or the reggae camps. Okay. <laughs> It was because I was going to say, how do you think it will translate today? Because we are so much further along and better, have better relations. However, there is this tension. And even looking to America and they're having this kind of, they're having what we had in the 80s now with immigrant blacks in America and the black Americans mm-hmm. feeling like, well, look, you lot are coming and, over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and taking our power. So it's just interesting how this narrative actually works now because it kind of gives an explanation to what the tensions were and how actually it's quite silly right now and how similar we are which is really that thing isn't it of divided houses can't stand mm-hmm. and it's the wrong fight but I get the fight I get it because it it does you know if you've been here for a long time and then people coming in look like you but then there's a different lineage or there's a right or it it, it causes a lot of hurt and and it's probably something that definitely needs to be 
addressed and I and I don't know what the answer is to it to be honest well I mean things like this help because then it just it helps establish the root cause of it all because there is a a conversation about slavery and you know feeling left behind or feeling disowned and embarrassed and all that type of stuff so I think this is where we explore it and it's interesting doing it through a show like this because whilst you're laughing you're learning yeah you're right and and, you know you had the year of return last year which exactly so wait I'm gonna cut you because Were you, were you there? No. Okay, fine. You we continue talking. No, 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 because I'm not speaking to anybody. <laughs> You've got to go. I would have cut the interview and said, that's it, we're not talking. <laughs> I'm so gutted. No. I'm so jealous. I, in October, um, I couldn't go again. Okay. I heard it was, but amazing. So many Americans, West Indians went back and did yeah. and we And that, I guess, is part of the solution, kind of going, this is the wrong fight yeah and let's, exactly. let's actually work to make your lives here better like yeah. this shouldn't be the way that anyone has to live you should have the jobs you should have the schools as well exactly. like let's not squabble That's... amongst ourselves about it and um so you're in tv now so and now you're tv i mean you had an extensive stage career do you not miss the stage i do but i but i'm not long finished i only finished in march just before lockdown what was the last oh, thing you in? Was it Tina? Tina. I, I thought it had finished. For some reason, I thought it ended. The run had ended. Because you... We had the year, and then they released me to film season two and three. Okay. So I overlapped a little bit, and then filmed season two and three, and then returned from June till March on the uh, Saturday. And then this, the Monday, Tuesday, theatres got locked down. Oh, no. Okay. And then, obviously, you played um, Zelma Bullock. Yeah. Aretha Frank. Sorry, my bad. Tina Turner's mother, sorry, mixing the icon. Lisa is coming out now. So I know, this is why I'm on my head. But yeah, so you played um, Zelma Bullock, uh, Tina Turner's mum. What, I mean, who would have thought that you'd have been playing Ms. Tina's mum, right? Come on, Tina's mum, <laughs> Idris's mum, what's going on? This legacy that you're, you're, you're leaving. I'm right. telling you, I just am like <laughs> pinching myself. I said, God, is this real? Um, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And it was an incredible mm. few years, an amazing part. Yeah. Such a complex character in terms of the, that relationship between Tina and her mom. And I mean, Tina to allow us to tell that story. I mean. You know, and to be so involved in it the way she was. What, can you remember any significant conversation that you had with her at all? Well, the only one that we had was when she'd met us and she came and said hello to each one of us and she sort of said how are you finding playing my mum and I kind of was like it's challenging she said she wasn't very nice was she I was like no and she kind of made a joke and I just thought wow and you know just to affirm that 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 it is hard um, and I didn't set out to play her as a villain because I always found she didn't have a, a way of expressing her love and she did it the way she thought was going to make Tina strong and able to deal with the society and it's mad doing that play and then seeing the stuff that's unfolding in America you see the the line you know mm. from the pain Ike Turner your music is stolen and you don't get your props and all the things that these things mm. bring into society into generations it's it's so so hard you know Delma Bullock, that line, and you know, not being able to, to do much because of the, your skin. Yeah, it's I think what Tina was able to accomplish is incredible. Mm. 
I mean, that's, I mean, it's amazing. And you were great in it. Um, I remember we're going to the opening night and we were actually randomly sat in front of Miss Tina and I was like, because <laughs> they had this empty space for a long time and I had no idea because it wasn't, I just assumed she'd be right at the front. Yeah. I had no idea that that's where she'd be sitting, right in the, you know, and then my, my journalist at the time was late. So she came in, she goes, oh, there's all this fuss. And then like, Miss Tina came in and I was like, and... I just screamed a bit and then just like, oh my God, I'm putting Tina. She enjoyed it and watching her enjoy it was really surreal as well. And you hear her laugh as well, yeah, right? Yeah, and she yeah. was like enjoying it. And, you know, it was a proud moment to see you. And I don't think I knew that you were in it until I saw you on stage. I was like, oh, that's a surprise. So, yeah, so I guess um, lockdown theatre, what's next for you? I know you're in a short film called Elephant. Elephant, so that's been submitted to various festivals. Okay, what's it about? So it's about a woman, a married mother who is having uh, a breakdown. Mm. She's been suffering with anxiety and depression for a while, but it's not being formally diagnosed and not being treated. And just how does she get the help? Despite being surrounded by what seems to be a perfect life, she's struggling and her husband, her mom, her kids, no one can quite access it. Um, and we try to explore what that looks like, you know, um, how easy it is to get medication but no help. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's really, really beautiful piece shot in black and white, written by Noella Mingo and Gladys Shanwan is the director. That's brilliant. So it's been submitted. So hopefully something, I mean, as lockdown lifts, I guess maybe there'll be more. Yeah, but it's exciting. And I'm so excited for this dropping in, um, in the long run three. I think it's the best one yet. Um, you think there'll be a four? I hope there'll be a four and a five. And I mean, it's ongoing. I mean, why not? Keep going. I guess it's why not? To go all throughout 80s, then you get into the 90s. Yeah. So, That'll be really interesting. Really interesting. There's so much to say, and I'm so I, proud of it. Yeah, I think it's like really well done to everybody. Um, and the final thing I want to ask is what's made you sad, mad, and glad this past week or couple of weeks? What's made me sad? It's like sad, mad. Um, yeah. Elijah McLean, that has blown my mind. Horrible, right? So I say that's made me mad because he, if the reports are to be, be believed, you've mm. been told the guy's not a threat. He's just looking a bit odd. Mm -hmm. And he is telling you, he's given you his eye. What is, how do these people not un get your knee off their neck? It's too much. We need to stop. Black people need to be seen as humans, especially by these authority figures. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm feeling. I'm getting mad because it's like, it's not registering. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you I have my ID. Meanwhile, we're seeing protests of people screaming in your face. I have a right to be outside by, you know, white people screaming. I want, and nothing's happening. My, meanwhile, my guy's saying, sorry, I don't have anything. Mm. And, and we're in the wake of all the stuff that's going on. You wouldn't even think that that would just... Like just calm down a little. Calm down, and he's a little. He's yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So that's made me mad. What's made me sad, I think, seeing that a charity IGM that does a lot of work for uh, modern slavery. There's just so much stuff going on that we're just unaware. Wow. Sex trafficking, human trafficking, and because obviously we're inside, it's going deeper underground. This is making me sad because I just, how do we bring this stuff? under wraps because it's too much yeah uh, Libya I've heard there's just been masses of 
Africans bent over. This is now 2020 and children. Yeah. It makes me sad. What's made me glad, um, just the growth in spending time with my family right now. You got ham? So you've got two, a girl and a boy. How old are they? They are seven and six. Hey! (laughs) We've been getting our own rhythm and homeschooling and hanging out and as a family unit with dad and stuff, we're just kind of really growing as a family because we've just been so busy. Everybody's been, I'm here nighttime, da 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 da. So it's been nice that we're We've got a rhythm together we you know really growing and it just makes me glad to see some of the nature things that they they're spewing off or things that we've been working on just kind of grow and develop oh, that's nice that's made me glad. oh good that's nice very nice thank you so much well i'm looking forward to watching in time with everybody else thank well. you and i want to say you just loving all that you're doing the love that you give people is just nice because you just need some positive stuff Sweetie, thank you very yeah. much. Thank so, you. Let me get to the babies. Okay. <laughs>